Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. This time of year, we often turn our attention to resolutions, new habits, and health goals. So to kick off 2019, we have a special episode with guest host Dermot Buffini. Hope you enjoy. Thank you, David. And we have a great show for you today. And I'm excited to be back in the studio and discussing a topic that has been near and dear to my heart for this past year and something that I've made a commitment to focus on, which is transforming my health and making sure that I stay in shape. And I'm sitting here today with my good friend and fitness expert, Angelo Poli. Now, Angelo is an internationally recognized expert in the field of body transformation, and his company, MetPro, has been featured in Men's Health, ESPN, The Wall Street Journal, Sports Illustrated, and many more. Now, around this time last year, I had hit a point where I just had enough. I was working hard and I was working out hard and I just wasn't feeling great. And I had a lot of pain from surgeries that I had received from my soccer days and I was carrying a lot of unwanted weight. So I made a decision that I had enough of this and I decided to get after my health in a big way. And my goal was that I was going to get out of pain and get into the best shape of my life. So like many of you who invest in a Buffini coach for your business, I decided to get some help and get after it and invest in myself so I signed up for a coaching with Angelo's company, MetPro. And many of you have seen me at the events and have noticed my own personal transformation and have lost over 30 pounds. And you've all asked me, hey, what are you doing? How are you doing? And so we said, you know what? Let's get Angelo on the show and we can share with all of you how to lose weight, but to also create a new lifestyle for yourself. So Angelo, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dermot. Pleasure to be here. Well, this has been a great journey for me this past year. There's a lot of lessons that I've learned, and I've certainly enjoyed the benefits of your work and what your team does. And I want to get into kind of the process and share with our audience here some things that they can actually take away from this podcast and get going right now. But before we get into there, just give us a little bit of background on yourself, where you're from, and how did you end up in this business? Well... I was born in the bustling metropolis of Derryville, a right. town of about 800 people, <laughs> Northern California. And I grew up, I moved to the Chico area, right. which is about an hour and a half north of Sacramento. And I had uh, the privilege of doing a little bit of travel. So as soon as I was 18, I was out of the house mm -hmm. and I spent a little time in the Midwest. I even went and spent some time in New York City, had that experience. Mm -hmm but came back home to Northern California, and this is where I've been ever since. Great. And so what was the evolution from, you know, from your travels to land in this business? What was your own personal experience? How did this start for you? You know, when I was traveling, I actually learned a trade. I was a window washer. Hmm. Uh, I learned a trade from a gentleman I called him Sensei. He was the master of the squeegee. <laughs> and uh, I would every day I'd go to work, and I would do windows, and he taught me this craft, and I did this in the Midwest. And when I came back to California, I said, I'm going to start my own business. Mm -hmm. And I did a really good job with it. We had a blast. We would do you know, grocery stores, car dealerships, and little mom-and-pop stores. Well, that's kind of how the story started. One day I was washing windows on a Curves. Remember that franchise? Mm -hmm. That was very popular a few yep. years back. And a gal comes out and she says to me, you look pretty fit. You look like you work out. She says, I, I'm thinking of actually wanting to lift some weights or take it to the next level. Would you show me how? <laughs> and I had never really thought of it before. But I always loved exercise and going to the gym. And so I said, 
let's try it out. And so that was the first person that I ever worked with. And then from there, it just snowballed. Mm -hmm. So basically, because you were in shape yourself and you'd made a commitment to your own personal health, somebody sees the results and goes, would you help me look like you? That Well, <laughs> that's right. And plus, it's easy when you're 18, right? <laughs> yeah. But you're also obviously a voracious, you know, you've become this expert in this industry. Where did it go from there, helping her, how to turn it into a business? Great question. Okay, so this particular woman, my first client I ever had. Now, mind you, I was, I was pretty young at the time. She was a chain smoker. She was overweight. She was, she was unhealthy. And I worked with her, and we did exercise, and we talked about good food and all the things that obviously are important. And, you know, she lost 60 pounds. She quit smoking, and she married her high school sweetheart. Hmm. How's that for the fairy tale that is, story? That, that's a pretty good start with your first client. So it takes a <laughs> twist from here, though. After that, I decided, boy, this is what I want to do. I want to help people become mm -hmm. the best version of themselves. Mm -hmm. So she said to me, I want you to help a friend of mine who's a bit younger than me. So I figured, that, well, this will be easy. So I did the exact same thing. Here's the same diet. Here's the same exercise routine. And here's the same strategy. And her friend lost five pounds. Mm. First gal lost 60. She lost five. It made my brain start to smoke. Mm -hmm. I couldn't figure that out. Mm -hmm. It was so I started reading and studying everything I could and I wanted to get to the heart of the matter. How can two individuals doing the exact same thing get two polar opposite outcomes? Mm -hmm. And that was the start of my obsession. Right. And I know that you're a very voracious reader. You've educated yourself in a very deep way in this whole process to the point where it's almost a science. And now you've kind of duplicated yourself and now you've got an organization that's helped tens of thousands of people all over the U.S. and all over the world to actually achieve their goals. But it's not about weight loss, is it? No. It's about health and fitness. And people ask me all the time, do you have, do you have a weight loss company? I'm like, no. We have a performance company, a fitness company, and a health company. Mm -hmm. Now, it just so happens that statistically almost 90% of people that engage in our coaching services, weight loss is the first step in that journey, mm -hmm. which is why it becomes such a focal point. And of all the different pieces floating around out there, so you have nutrition and health, you have fitness, you have performance, the piece that is shrouded the most in mystery is the metabolism. Mm -hmm. And so that's really become our major focus, especially in the early stages of working with people. And what we have found to be the key that really unlocks enabling people to get to the next level that they've been unable to previously. So let me ask you this, because obviously th that sounds to me like that was the kind of difference between those two examples, the two ladies. Oh, yeah. One lose 60, one lose five. They're doing the same thing, but they're not the same person. Exactly. So let me ask you this. When somebody comes to you, because this, this show is about the mindset, motivation, and methodologies of success. You have done this. You've got a company who does this in the specific area of health. When a client comes to you, what is it that they're looking for and what is their mindset and what is the process that you take them through? Great question. So we work with people that span anywhere from superstar NFL players, Olympic athletes to grandparents wanting to have a more fruitful summer mm -hmm. with the grandkids. Mm -hmm. So the motivation can come from really anywhere. The process is 
really I can boil it down to the five basics. Mm -hmm. What we want to know, the first thing is who they are, their body type, Mm -hmm. and their goal. Mm. And I always pause people. I'll ask, what do you want to accomplish? Mm -hmm. And everybody actually says the same thing. I want to lose weight. I want to have more energy. I want to put on some muscle. I want to feel better. Mm. Perfect. That's great. Now, here's the problem with that. If you say to me, I want to run a faster half marathon, the program I'm going to put together for you, the meal plan, the training, the nutrition, the periodization, the strategies behind that is going to look very different from if you say, Angelo, I need to be at my high school reunion the end of this month and I need to lose 15 pounds. Those two totally different. So there's nothing right or wrong with either. It's a matter of knowing which you're after so we can be specific. Mm -hmm. So first we look at body type and goal Mm -hmm. and really define what that is. Mm -hmm. Next, we got to look at lifestyle. So the science behind what I do is the exact same with my world record lifters Mm -hmm. as it is with my grandparents, executives, Mm -hmm. you name it. The science is the same. The delivery is different. Mm -hmm. So what's your lifestyle like? Well, Mm -hmm. some people are around home base. Mm -hmm. They're with their family, their home. Other people travel internationally. Mm -hmm. I've, I've got some clients that are in a different country literally every week. And so that has to be taken into consideration. Mm -hmm. Then we look at, and and this is opening up a can of worms, but I think it's really important, Mm -hmm. figuring out if somebody is strategic or metabolic. Hmm. So now I'm going to give away company secrets here. Go for it. Love this. (laughs) There are two basic types of people, metabolically speaking. Mm -hmm. And, And this is really breaking it down to the basics. Those who can lose weight by restricting their intake and those who can't. Mm. So that's why there's so much confusion out there. You read about so many different, well, I've done this diet or I've done that strategy and some people it works for, some people it doesn't. I've seen every diet work. Mm -hmm. I've seen every diet fail. Yeah. Just it depends on the circumstances. Mm -hmm. I've seen every program, mindset, approach, work and fail. Mm. It all depends on where the person is starting from. Mm. So when I take a person through a series of questions, what I'm trying to get at in in our early evaluation process is, is this somebody who is stumped from progressing because of behavioral, social, obligatory, time management Mm -hmm. reasons? And oh, by the way, that's 70%, 80% of people. Right. Their metabolism is just fine. It's that finding the nutritional lifestyle, the training lifestyle, and the mindset and motivation to fit that into their life mm-hmm. has not happened in a permanent fashion yet. That's 70, 80% of our clients. Then there's 20% where they are doing everything right mm-hmm. by the book. I mean, I've read that you're supposed to eat these foods, you're supposed to do this type of exercise. I've been on a diet for the last 10 years. My body won't budge. Mm -hmm. That's a metabolic type. Mm -hmm. My approach with them has to be different because they are not going to, just speaking of weight loss, they're not going to drop pounds by eating less. They're going to drop pounds or make progress by rehabilitating their metabolism. 
So that's the third key is you have to figure out which category a person falls into so that we can start with the right protocol. Mm -hmm. And then the nutrition piece is going to be based on their history, mm -hmm. their baseline testing. And that's a whole – that's a seminar and a podcast sure. itself. And then their psychological profile. Hmm. And the psychological profile is basically so that you can understand how they're wired. Ironically, it's less about them in this case and more about how I need to coach. Gotcha. How can I be a better coach? So some people thrive in a mentor-type mm -hmm. relationship, mm -hmm. a strong support system. Some people thrive in an instructor-type relationships. Tell me why. If I understand the why behind Angelo, I'll do anything. I'll do this exercise. I'll eat that. I'll do anything you tell me as long as I know why. Mm -hmm. And then there's the leader type. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm pointing coachable. at you. No, that's great. <laughs> that's the idea. But leaders like to be invited to rise to a challenge, mm -hmm. generally speaking. Yep. And so if I can at least know those three things about a person, mm -hmm. yeah. it's going to help me to be more effective. This industry is a massive industry, right? It's probably north of $70 billion a year and we're inundated with eat this, don't eat that. And here's the thing is I don't want to be on a diet. Like for me, I don't know anybody who's like, yeah, I want to be on a diet. I like to eat. Mm -hmm. I like to eat proper food. I like to enjoy it. And that's what I've enjoyed about your process. It's like I eat the food. <laughs> I'm not eating a cardboard box. Right. I'm not just drinking shakes all the time. Right. The other side of it is having, you know, you mentioned Number one is you don't have this cookie cutter approach. It's like, who are you? What's your background? What's your sporting background? The intake part is very specific because you're not trying to do, you know, as you say, you've had tremendous success because you have dived into what's the difference between these two candidates from your inception. Right. The lifestyle part is really important too because you, as a coach, you need to know what you're up against. Absolutely. And what I've enjoyed is number one is people ask me all the time, well, what have you cut out? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm not thinking about what I cut out. Because if I'm thinking about what I cut out, yeah. I'm on a diet. If I think I'm on a diet, then that requires willpower. Yeah. Willpower, I don't have enough willpower to be strong enough over a period of time because that's just too much temptation. That's too much to be, to be cutting out. I'll tell you the secret to that. Mm -hmm. Routine. Mm -hmm. Routine. So I, I have two clients. Client A says, Angelo, I wasn't able to repair in advance. I got busy. I, I ran out the door. But... I ate good today, I didn't eat anything bad, I exercised, and I was able to pull it off. Mm -hmm. Client B says, I did exactly as you said, I left the house with these three key items, and we have our game plan, I was prepared, everything was going great, but I stopped at grandma's on the way home from work, she had fresh <laughs> apple pie, I had to have yeah. a slice. And yeah, she loves you, this is how she shows you your love. And I caved. Yeah. Give me client B any day yeah. of the week. right. Because client B recognized the all-important secret, routine. Mm -hmm. And so even if life happens, even if you deviate, as long as mm -hmm. that routine is in place, they're going to slide right back into those habits right. and their strategy. And that's the thing I've enjoyed. My mindset was all or nothing. And I think that's like a lot of people. Like, I've got to get this done. i got to have this. Yeah. What I've enjoyed about in the fact is that my coach, Natalie, who's fantastic and you should give her a pay rise immediately working with somebody <laughs> like me. No pressure. But, she is but there's a couple of things here. One is it has the reality of life built into it, which is it's not that you're going to blow it. It's not that you're going to get off track. It's how quickly to get back into that routine. That's it. It has grace. And if I blow this meal, I just need to get the next one right. 
Now, here's the other part that I've enjoyed. And not only do I like to eat food, but in your process, it pushes the personal responsibility to me. I'm not buying the food from you. You're prescribing the food that I need for the season that I'm in, and I'm preparing it. So I don't have to think about what I'm cutting out. I don't have to think about my choices. It's already made for me, which is essentially what a routine, a healthy routine should be. And then I have the coach to remind me the fact that when I stepped out of the routine and step in. Let's tap into the a little bit of the metabolism piece and then yep. meal prep. Yep. And also the up and down cycle that you guys prescribe because not every season is the same, right? That's right. Because you, you keep changing it up. I mean, I've, I don't know how many up and down cycles I've been on and I'll kind of share personally a couple of things that have tremendously helped me from a perspective standpoint. But let's talk about that up and down cycle, the personal responsibility piece and just kind of like the meal prep part. I know that's a lot I hit you with, but... No, let's dive in. This is it. So what has happened is we almost have a culture of extremes. And like in so many things in life, extremes tend to be bad. Balance tends to be better. Mm -hmm. Within that, however, there's an effective way of executing and there's a way of executing that doesn't move the dial. Mm -hmm. So on one end of the spectrum, we have reality TV showing extreme weight loss and and things of these natures. And unfortunately, from a metabolic standpoint, I'm not saying that a lot of good hasn't been done, but from a metabolic standpoint, they're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. Now, here is why. Mm -hmm. You take someone, I have 100 pounds to lose. So we're going to eat less, and then I'm going to eat less, and then I'm going to exercise, and I'm going to exercise more and more and more to lose weight until I lose 100 pounds. Now, they should not do that. What Mm. should happen is I'm going to eat a little less, and I'm going to exercise more. If I start to slow down, I'll up it, step it up a notch, and then now I've taken off 25, 30 pounds, and well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop. I'm going to pause. Mm. I'm going to give myself a minute to refresh my metabolic rate. Mm-hmm. Problem is it makes for terrible TV, <laughs> right? So the up and down cycles, I didn't invent that. That's not revolutionary. Is that why in The Biggest Loser, you know, they lose 100 pounds and then they gain 150? Right. Is that, you know, because it's so fast, it comes back with interest. Once you break that fast drop, it's a steep ascent. I'll give you an even more compelling mm-hmm. story that illustrates that exact scenario. So Julie was sitting in my office and this is a real story. Her name wasn't Julie. This is a real story. Julie was sitting in my office, tears running down her cheeks, just bawling her eyes out. Angelo, I don't know what to do. I'm eating barely over a thousand calories a day and I can't even stop myself from slowly gaining weight. She says, my friends and my family think, they honestly believe that when they're not looking, I'm off eating junk food. And I'm not. Mm-hmm. And she's crying and she's telling me this story. And I says, okay, back up. Tell me how it... And she told me about some personal experiences, relationships and stuff in her life that just triggered. Yeah. She wanted to lose some weight. And so she went on... The diet industry told her to do X, Y, Z. So she went on that diet and she lost 20 pounds and then gained 25 back. And then the same thing happened six months, a year later. She lost 15, gained 20, 25 back. And she had gone through that three or four times. And now here she is at this point where her self-confidence is affected, her health is impacted, and she doesn't know what to do. She doesn't understand why because she's checking all the boxes mm-hmm. that she's been told to check. Right. And genuinely, here is a woman who is eating 1,000 calories a day, barely over that. 
and just simply maintaining her weight. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what I didn't tell you about Julie.、Mm. She was 16.、Mm. See, this is what really got me into this industry in the first place. When I would give seminars early on in my career, I had a number that I would do on performance and athletics. The one that I got requested for the most was called, Does This Diet Make Me Look Fat?、Mm. And it was an expose、mm. on the weight loss industry.、Mm. And in particular, its impact on young women, but the principles apply to everyone.、Mm-hmm. And in it, we really reviewed it. The diet industry is some evil trying to, you know, take advantage. Most in the industry are genuine in their desire to help people get healthy. But what's happening is some vital pieces are getting left out, and that、mm-hmm. is how the metabolism、mm-hmm. responds、mm-hmm. to、mm-hmm. dieting. Your body will always acclimate. So here's the whole secret contrast.、Hmm. It's not exactly what I'm eating. In, in other words, it's not eating these special foods or eating so many grams of carbs or this many calories. It's contrast. What keeps your body today in homeostasis? Describe homeostasis a state of not fluctuating.、Yep. Basically, around the same weight, around the same. Composition. What's your maintenance level? In order to change your body, because this isn't just about weight loss. I got young athletes who we got to put thirty pounds of muscle on them, so it can go in both directions. Right. In order to change from their starting point, yep, there has to be contrast. So contrast means something very different、mm. for someone who is used to eating three thousand calories a day than someone used to eating four thousand calories a day. Then and this is the one that I want everyone to listen to. Contrast means something very different if you're only eating 1,300 calories a day.、Mm-hmm. There is no contrast going down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People mm-hmm. ask me all the time, "Well, why don't you have me do X, Y, Z?" Because it won't work. Right? There's not enough contrast. And again, that's just part of the information age that we're in. People come in going, "This is what I need. This is what such and such did." And they have a perspective, or they had some success, but it's not ultimately sustainable. It's the time-honored、yeah. strategy of、mm-hmm. determining what diet you're going to try next based on what your neighbor did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for me, just speaking personally to this on my own experience, my mindset growing up was I was an athlete, training. I'm a soccer player. I've got all that activity, but I also have a metabolism as a young lad that's just racing. I break a disc in my back, one of four back surgeries. Now I think I can just overpower things, and I'm just going to keep going. And I kind of did that and kept playing and worked around us, and could drink pints of Guinness and chase a soccer ball around and eat whatever <laughs> I wanted and still stay in shape. Then you get married, work gets more intense. My metabolism started to slow down. I noticed when I was 26. You know, you come back for preseason training, you're like,、uh, hold on a second here. What took me a week to get back into shape now is taking two or three. So eventually, fast forward, you know, you get busy. That lifestyle. We're busy. We're working. We're helping everybody else. And ultimately, where I came back to find Angelo Poli and his team for help was, I was trying to accomplish too much. First of all, I was in physical pain, and I'm describing this because I think a lot of people are in a similar spot. Physical pain, and you know, when you suffer physical pain past injuries, it has an emotional impact. Oh yeah. Then you have the stress of your lifestyle, and you're getting emptied out all the time. Then my mindset was to go work out like I did as a soccer player. But here's the problem: I'm already emotionally drained. I'm injured, and I'm not going to work out based out of ego. And I'm going to try and do an hour workout because you know working out is supposed to be hard. Yeah. Now I'm going. Well, do I have time to work out? 
because that's an hour. To give mm-hmm. up an hour's time, that's an awful lot. Now I'm shutting down on the whole process. And then the last thing is I'm trying to lose weight. So I'm trying to accomplish way too much. Right. And so one of the things that you helped me with was, okay, let's say job number one is get out of pain, right? Reduce that pain, heal the body, and then ultimately start the next process, which was I found a local trainer who Brian's going to do a podcast with, Michael Stromlis, who we call the Enlightened Savage, and you guys are a dynamic nice. team. But he works out with me on a local level. But I got out of pain, and he was a physical therapist who helped me transform out of the physical pain. And then he started working me out in a way that give prescribing exercises that would not only keep me out of pain, but build up and make me stronger in other areas. And this was a very humbling process because I'm a stud. When I look in the mirror, I see 20-year-old Dermot. I'm hot stuff. But that doesn't match up with a guy who's in his 40s who's running a company, who's trying to raise a family, who's running a gun, like many, many folks. But I was relying on my own methodology. So I had to start from a different place. You know, I see people out running and and I see them running and they're running five miles and they're carrying a ton of weight. And I'm like, if you could just lose 10 pounds first before you start doing that, you might carry on. So I started working out and I was getting stronger and I was out of pain, but I really wasn't losing weight. Now, here's where it gets funny is that I thought I was in kind of good shape. And I was at 2.15, but I was kind of working out with the trainer going, yeah, but I, I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm pretty studly. <laughs> and I had adjusted to my own perspective. And then what happened was, I don't know if you're aware of this, but at an event, Brian had a bet with some clients that he was going to lose weight. And he said that he had another 10 or 12 pounds to lose in front of a bunch of people. And I said, my arse you do. That's a couple of deck chairs off the Queen Mary. <laughs> and so he threw down and he goes, I'll tell you what, I'll lose 20 pounds if you lose 20 pounds. And I said to him, I don't have 20 pounds to lose. I'm already in shape. And I was trying to work out my trainers. Like, well, he said, well, you put on muscle. And I'm like, how much muscle do I put on? And I think I need to go from 215 to 205 and this, that, and the other. But I had convinced myself that I had lost 20 pounds. I'd be a stud. So I said, okay, I'm all in. I'm going to call my friends in MetPro because the last piece of the pie that was missing for me, excuse the pun, the health <laughs> pie, was now I'm, I'm out of pain. I'm getting fitter. I'm getting stronger. But now I was ready for the last piece of the puzzle here, which was the diet. Yep. Sorry, the eating plan. So I called you and I said, here's what I think. And you said something to me. You said, well, why don't you go and find out what the composition of your weight is? Because I was talking about body fat percentages and how much weight I've put on. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to guess. He goes, you said to me to go to the bod pod. Mm -hmm. So I went to this thing and it was like Mork and Mindy's egg. You know, that show. And <laughs> right, I got into yes. this thing and I'm, and it's very unflattering because I'm there in the, you know, in my skivs and this guy weighs you and then he puts you in this pod and then he gives you this like swim cap that unfortunately pulls all the weight from the top of your scalp down and it meets the other jowly weight of your face. So it's really <laughs> not a good look. But here's why this was a game changer for me. Because it gave me the breakdown of my weight. And yes. what it identified to me at the time, which was really sucked and painful is that 32% of my weight was fat. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I walked out of that bod pod and the guy gave me the results. And I said to him, I said, listen, bud, I'll be back here in eight weeks time. And this time you're going to get the numbers right because there's no (laughs) way those numbers are my numbers. I love it. But here's what, what motivated me was forget my weight. The enemy for me was body fat. Correct. Now, why that was such a game changer for me, that gave me something to aim for that was very, very specific. It allowed me to come to you and say, here's the breakdown. And you guys were able to say, okay, here's your metabolism. Here's your past. Here's your metabolism. Here's your lifestyle. And here's the, here's the x-ray of your fat. That's right. So it allowed me to get a food plan that 
that did a couple of things. It allowed, it gave me visibility. It gave me something to aim for. And it also gave my trainer something to aim for in that combination because the goal is I wanted to lose fat but not lose muscle. Correct. Because a lot of times when we had done this before and I'd done this with you before, it was after a back surgery and I was what I'd say a skinny fat guy. Right. And so armed with that information and just the bare bone brutal facts of this is who you are, Dermot, and this is the state of the union, it really pissed me off. <laughs> but it got me motivated to go, fat is the enemy. Right. And now I'm going to get after that. And so here's where I am at, folks. I've lost, since working this plan, I've dropped from 32% body fat. I'm going in here next week for another one. I think I'm going to be around the 16%. So from 32 to 16%. And that's what I've really targeted. I've lost 30 pounds of fat and I've gained 8 pounds of muscle in that time. See, that so, is phenomenal. And here's why. This is why I'm a believer. And this is why I was making this harder than it needed to be. And the truth of the matter is there's lots of help in this world if you can just find people you can put your name to. So I just want to let you know, but also part of my ongoing motivation is that I schedule another bod pod. It keeps you accountable. It keeps me honest and it keeps me going, hey, I've got another one coming up in a couple of weeks. Coach Natalie knows it's coming up and it just keeps me in that it plays a different game than just focusing on the weight. So thank you for getting me into the bod pod. But again, essentially that was my process and I don't know if that's typical. I don't even know if my results were great. I just know that I feel different. Dermot, let me tell you, you are looking quite tolerable these days. Yeah, I think so. I think quite. Well, I always look good. <laughs> it was just 32% of me didn't. That's a phenomenal shift. And you really hit on something great. And I know everybody that sees you, everybody that knows you has commented on your transformation because it's visually apparent. And that's so huge to do because the scale does not tell the story. Mm-hmm. Now, there has to be, the, the, you know, there's always an asterisk, right? So here's the asterisk. I have guys that, you know, telling me, you know, they weigh 300 pounds and they're saying, but I'm losing inches mm-hmm. or I'm building muscle. I'm said, yeah, let's talk about that after you lose at least 60 pounds, right? But for a lot of people, the confusion comes in, obviously, muscle weighs more than fat. What we want is healthy body composition for your body type. Mm-hmm. And everyone's body type is different. So it's worth knowing what your body type is to start with. But the transformation that you have been able to make, and in a very reasonable amount of time, I might add, Mm -hmm. has been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. And it tells me you can't fake that, you see? Right. And you know, the thing about it is you talk about the metabolism. Where I feel right now is that I'm in a spot where if I take a day off, Natalie, I don't ever take any days off, but just say I did. <laughs> I won't let her listen no to this. No, let her hear it. It's yeah. a, but it's because my body is already working at a good level. That's right. It doesn't impact me the way it used to. And so it's like the way I have it in my mind as an analogy is it's kind of like if you get a light snow and the sunshine can get on that light snow, it melts off very quickly. But if it just packs and packs and packs and it stays in a stagnant, cold place, it can stay for a long time. And so... For me, it's been just, as I said, there's no secrets, but the combination of having something that is designed specifically to me, armed with the knowledge of what I'm aiming for, and what I've enjoyed about your process is that you've educated me and your team has educated me in the process that I already know what to do because I have to take personal responsibility for making the food, for cooking the food, knowing the differences, the combination between the proteins and the fats and the carbs. And then this up and down cycle. And so, as I said to you, I'm enjoying the benefits of it, but I also, I want to keep it going now because honestly, I had told myself that I was done. I had told myself that my circumstances, 
I'm too busy, I've got kids, I don't have time, blah, blah, blah. And with a lot of help, including my assistant, Kristen, to plan and make it a priority and push it to the top of the list, it's allowed me to plan for it. And I don't have to make my choices. And even more, even when I travel, Natalie will call ahead to hotels and look at the menus and then send me what to eat so I don't have to think about it. That's excellent. And so I have a question for you then. With the sacrifice that you have made of making your healthy food a priority, dedicating time for exercise, how has that impacted your productivity as a CEO and a leader? First of all, I think when you're in the business, and a lot of our clients are in the helping others business, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, because you have that shared passion and your company does too. When you have a passion for helping others, the person you will sacrifice the most is yourself, and then you're sacrificing it. You know, we're talking to our clients, impact improving their lives, and I can be in the spot where I'm not impacting and improving my own. Right. So what's happened for me is I think number one is the turnaround of my energy, the prioritization of my day. When you're not in pain, guess what? You're a happier person. When you're not stressed and running and gunning, you've got time to think and you're taking care of yourself, you're in a better spot. And you're actually in a better spot where because you've made yourself available to yourself, mm. you're far more available to others. And so what's happened for me is going from, I used to be an athlete, I used to be, and where I'd work with Michael, he'd say, well, you're still an athlete, that's where you're able to do these things. And I go, like, listen, dude, I am not an athlete, I'm surviving here. That what's happened is, I feel like I've gotten myself back yeah. to the point where there's power in it. Yeah. And what it's helped is, it's helped me to have more mental clarity. Yep. I'm not sedentary. You know, I'll tell you this, I used to work out and reward myself with something bad. Yes. Now... The reward for me is the outcome and the exercise. And I'm not trying to make the front cover of men's health. I'm just trying to be fit, available to help others, and be out of pain, and also feel like, you know what, you want to look and feel good. Absolutely. And so I think it's helped me. I think if you ask around the company today, they'll all tell you what a wonderful CEO I am. <laughs> That's hard to even imagine that I could be any better. But as you walk around this company, I think you should ask that question. But I think for me is when you're out of pain, and you're not stressed, and you have a plan, and you know that you're receiving the blessing first, you can be a blessing to other people. So, and I think what it's helped is, you know, from my own leadership team, it's, it's forced them to make changes to prioritize themselves in the process. It sets a good example. And so it sets a good example. And I think that at the end of the day, it's helped me with my kids, and my kids looking at what are you eating, and then they eat the same food. My goal wasn't to do it for anybody else or to inspire or motivate anyone or anything else. I've just done it for me because it was time to make myself a priority. And we also had a gentleman, I reference him all the time, Mike Foster, who was on, who's kind of like an emotional fitness coach. And he said that the top leaders, he works with people all over the world. And he goes, all the best leaders make self-care their highest priority. And it's the most strategic thing that they can do for their business. Isn't that interesting? So I have multiple coaches, mental coaches, spiritual coaches uh, in every circle. So yeah, I, I think it's made a huge difference for me. And, and in ways, I'm not even quite sure because I'm still reflecting on the process. But at the end of the day, there are no secrets. There are principles. And that's what I'm hearing you say. It's like, it's just a matter of when do you apply the principle in the right season based on what somebody has going on in their life? Or as you said, the specificity of their body type and tapping into that metabolism and keeping that fire burning. And that's what's made all the difference. But also right. the accountability part of checking in every day on the app, and you guys provide great tools. It's similar to what our coaches do with people in their business. It's like, right. if you're just focused on what you're consuming and the results that you're trying to achieve, that just takes an awful lot of distractions out of play. So I don't have to think through the process, I just do. So I have multiple coaches. 
mental coaches, spiritual coaches, uh, in every circle. So, yeah, I, I think it's made a huge difference for me. And, and in ways, I'm not even quite sure because I'm still reflecting on the process. But at the end of the day, there are no secrets. There are principles. And that's what I'm hearing you say. It's like, it's just a matter of when do you apply the principle in the right season based on what somebody has going on in their life, or as you said, the specificity of their body type and tapping into that metabolism and keeping that fire burning. And that's what's made all the difference. But also right. the accountability part of checking in every day on an app, and you guys provide great tools. It's similar to what our coaches do with people in their business. It's like, right. if you're just focused on what you're consuming and the results that you're trying to achieve, that just takes an awful lot of distractions out of play. So I don't have to think through the process, I just do. The key is having the strategy. See, all, all of that, when I hear that, Dermot, that makes my heart sing. It, it's all worth it for that. And I have this conversation with other executives, entrepreneurs, people that are just they run themselves ragged mm. and trying to pry, you know, 15 minutes a day for self-care out of right. them can be very challenging. Well, you know, what you said there is true. And I think people listen on this call. It's like, I don't have time. Like there's people just driving. They're Uber drivers. They're driving their kids from baseball to football to this, that, and the other. They're, they're just trying to get into work without getting run off the road. And they're, they're coffee and they get to work and do their work and get home. Here was what the illusion that I, I made it, a, I made it in my mind a bigger thing than it needed to be. The truth of the matter is I don't need to work out for an hour. I just need to move for 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. I didn't need to get my a plan right over a long period of time. I just needed to get the next meal back on course. Very good. Very and so good. That, that's where the training is. For me, I own this. You've taught me how to do it, how to work the system so I'm empowered. It's an interdependence, not codependence. I'm not dependent on MetPro to do it for me because I don't get to do it for me. No more than we do it for our clients. We create the environment for our clients to succeed yes. in the seasons that they're in. Yes. Let me ask you this. The thing I think we share as organizations is the fact that we love to help people. What is the most rewarding thing for you guys as a company and for you personally in the business that you're in? the letters that we get, the comments that we get from people and how it has impacted their lives. Mm -hmm. But something you might not think of is we get to hear these great stories also from the friends and loved ones mm -hmm. that we're working with. Say, you know, I was so worried about my husband. You know, he's been so stressed out. He's been carrying that extra weight and he's been dealing with X, Y, and Z. And to see him feel like his old self again, mm -hmm. we work with some young people. We work with, we just had a, a gal in her 70s. She ran a half marathon. Mm -hmm. She wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. And so many of these goals are attainable. The key is laying the foundation and having a strategy mm -hmm. for one step at a time. And we feel privileged to be able to help people with a evaluation-based system that teaches them the next step. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's just all I have to do is get that one mm -hmm. next meal right. What is the next right. step? Well, you know what struck me when I started this process? You know, the acronym for the standard American diet is SAD. SAD. <laughs> and the thing about it is, is that they say that the biggest threat to the United States security in the future is not terrorism, it's obesity. Right. right. When I started this process, I didn't realize the landmines I had to navigate from a food standpoint. And so what you've given me is the way to navigate that. And, and I'm eating more food. I'm not eating less food. Correct. Which is 
a really interesting concept Correct. and the opposite of what we normally think. So, you know, it did open my eyes to the fact that as I'm running through an airport, I can have the apple and the almonds or I can have the burrito on the run. Uh-huh. But also, I don't have to make the choice. The choice is made for me. The plan is already decided. Right. And also what happened for me is, is the fact that I could tell when I eat crappy food, I feel crappy yeah. immediately. And that is really interesting. And when you bite into an apple now, it's like, oh my gosh, that's, as my kids used to call it, daddy, it's God's candy. And it is. <laughs> but, you know, so, so let me ask you this. Let's say someone might not want to commit to a coaching. They might not want to be as all in as I was. For me, I hope everybody here listening at some level makes a commitment this year to their health and being healthier. But let's say you never got to meet with them and they never got to meet MetPro or the great folks at MetPro. What are four or five things that you can give everybody here right now? Because the time to change your health is right now. It's not next week. It's not for season. It's like today you do these things, you're going to feel better. Give me kind of, give me some hacks. This is the stuff I love. All right. I love helping people to come away with action steps that they may not have thought about before. I get invited to talk to executive groups and I'll ask them three questions. We'll say, raise your hand if you're trying to drop a few pounds. Everybody raises their hand. And I say, raise your hand if you are eating better, trying to watch what you eat. Most raise their hand. Raise your hand if you are trying to exercise at least a little. Most raise their hand. And I'll say, perfect. Raise your hand if you know what you're eating for lunch tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And it's crickets in the room. Yep. You're doing it wrong. Right. So what happens is people do a lot of good things, but if I were to draw a pie graph and say, okay, what are going to be the most relevant pieces to apply in your life today Mm -hmm. that are going to have the biggest impact on moving you towards your goal, it's usually not what people would think. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite, and when people just that are friends or relation to me, just say, hey, Angelo, give me one tip. I'll ask them to do this. I'll say, I want you to starting tomorrow morning, every morning when you get up, I want you to prepare an afternoon snack, a healthy afternoon snack. We don't have to overthink it. This can be simple, fruit and nuts, whatever, something healthy. I want you to bring it with you and have it in the afternoon. Just do that one thing. Mm-hmm. Now, if I say to them, I want you to eat X amount of meals a day, I want you to break it up by this many hours. But if you are willing to do just that one thing, Mm -hmm. that behavior is so disruptive Mm -hmm. to your normal cadence in a Mm -hmm. good way, Mm -hmm. I recommend everyone do it. And here's why. It is a cascading effect. If you prepare in the morning before you leave your afternoon snack, the first thing is you're mindful. Mm-hmm. The second thing is that means that you're already dealing with food in the morning and the likelihood of eating breakfast is high. Mm-hmm. Now, most people don't miss lunch. So if you have breakfast, you're going to have your lunch. But now you've committed to me that you're going to have that afternoon snack. So likely you're going to eat a more reasonable lunch so you have room to eat that afternoon snack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And oh, by the way, now I've got you eating breakfast, lunch, and afternoon snack. And so your blood sugar is stable in the afternoon. Right. So what's going to happen at dinner? You're likely to make better choices. Right. right. And what I found is that as I get emptied out during the day, if I don't have that little boost of food, that pre-made snack yep. in my way, I'm going to overeat and I'm going to get spent out. Because emotional eating is a big factor, isn't it? Rather yep. than keeping kind of like keeping things fueled to stay in the level playing field to That's get it. to dinner. That's it. Afternoon snack. An afternoon snack. Start with that. Right. The next thing is 
I want you to prepare either your snack or whatever meals. And so I'm going to kind of give you a hierarchy of how this can play out. Prepare what you're going to prepare before you exercise. Mm-hmm. I know, gasp, what? Exercise is all important. I didn't say don't exercise. Mm-hmm. Make it a priority before that. And I tell people this. I say it's, <laughs> this mindset is like the ancient sport of jousting. Mm-hmm. What I want you to do is go against every fiber mm-hmm. and natural inclination. Get on that horse, charge towards the guy with the giant lance yep. coming at yep. you. It's so ingrained in us. I said, mm-hmm. you can get the body you want. You can get the result that you want. All you got to do is go to the gym an hour a day in the morning. Can you do that? Uh-huh, I can do that. Now, wait, you can get the body you want. You can get the result you want. You can get healthy. All you have to do is in the middle of your busy day, you have to push away from your desk. You have to shut down the computer, stop returning emails, take five minutes and have a snack. <laughs> Not that scary, but maybe for some of it is. Yeah. <laughs> See? Yep. So make the food the priority once that sockets in. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to get so much more out of your mm-hmm. exercise. Mm-hmm. And if you're willing to go one step beyond that, the idea of a manuscript meal plan, even if it is specifically designed for you, is intimidating for some. Mm-hmm. Here's what I want you to do. Can you let me choose what you eat between 10 and 3? Just between 10 and 3. Mm-hmm. Because if you think of that zone as your strategy zone, and I don't mean every day. I don't believe in absolutes. There never has to be absolutes. What there is is routine and habit. Mm-hmm. So I'll tell somebody, if you can let me choose between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m., what your food strategy is, we're going to be just fine. Yep. And here's why. I already know where you're going to wake up, usually. Right. You're going to sleep in your bed. You're going to wake up at home. Mm -hmm. And at home, you're in control of your circumstance. Eating a healthy breakfast is very easy. Mm -hmm. As a society, we are much more likely to have access to, whether we make the right decision or not, that's another topic. But we have access to good, healthy foods at dinner because either we're eating at home with the family or going out to a restaurant. It's the middle of the day that is the danger zone where we don't have scheduled times for eating. We're eating on the go. We're focusing on deadlines and the boss and paying bills and dropping off kids and everything that we have to get done in the day. It's the danger zone. We start with every good intention. I had a nice veggie scramble and some fruit and I walk out the door with every good intention. Mm But by 2 o'clock, I haven't had a bite. My blood sugar tanks. My body says, no, you're going to eat something now. Otherwise, you and I are going to be in a disagreement. So what do I do? Well, it's natural what I do. I put on my apron. I start chopping vegetables. I get out my walk. (laughs) No, you're You're going to grab grab whatever. That's it. Great. Okay. The key is if you have a strategy in advance. So that then dovetails into, well, Angelo, how do I do that? A go bag. Mm. A simple go bag. But I don't want you to just put any food in it because mm. there's lots of healthy foods, mm-hmm. lots of great foods. Some I like better than others. Berries are one of my favorite foods in the world, but it's not a good go bag food because they're messy. Sure. An apple is a great go bag food mm-hmm. because it's not messy. Yep. Even one step further. Now, if you travel a lot, I want you to have something prepared before you need it because if you need it, it's too late. You don't have time. That's right. You're rushing. That's right. So what I want you to look for are ingredients and foods that are low perishable and portable. Those are the three qualities, healthy, low perishable, portable. Think of nuts, raisins, Mm -hmm. jerky. You can get the little Justin's packs of 
almond butter and mm-hmm. peanut butter, rice cakes, which will survive Armageddon. Yeah, one thing I pack every day, for me, the snack's savior has been, like, I know what I'm having for breakfast. A snack I have is like a handful of almonds and an apple. And then these RX bars. Oh, which those are great. They're very good. And I just, I have them in my car. I have them in the office. I have them at my house. And I have them in my backpack because I travel a lot. And when I'm sitting in an airport, it's already decided. Once I eat, I'm fine. Yep. You know, what about hydration? Super important. And I cannot tell you why this is, but I can tell you that it is this way. Men in particular over the age of 40 tend to lose their thirst. I just see Not a very Ireland, high, they don't. <laughs> I just see a high incidence of my executives, my guys that are in their 40s, 50s, 60s say, "Yeah, Joe, you know, I'm just not that thirsty." And I challenge them to try and get good hydration for one week, and then all of a sudden they start to feel that thirst again. Mm-hmm. So, uh hydration is really important. How much water? So, I always tell everybody start with 64 ounces. That's a good baseline and then increase if you're big, hot, or sweaty. <laughs> right, 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 right. So start with 64. Now, if you're out doing an athletic event and you're sweating for an hour in the heat, you need 64 ounces or more just in that hour. Sure. But start with 64 as your base and then go up mm-hmm. if you're big, hot, or sweaty, active. The thing I found is, the, and I aim for 100 plus ounces a day, Very right? Because I'm working out and the whole lot. But I've also found that I feel like sometimes I get confused between when I'm thirsty and when I'm hungry. Mm, yes. And when I drink water, I'm not as hungry. That's right. Because I, isn't there something about the body thinks that we're hungry, but we're actually dehydrated? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. It all plays in. And if you're eating frequently, mm-hmm. you're eating quality foods, and you're getting an adequate hydration, it is absolutely a potent appetite mm-hmm. control. Mm-hmm strategy. Great. What other tips do you have for me? Come on. So for those who are like, okay, Angelo, this is great stuff, but I I eat pretty good. I'm already more athletic. Here's a couple strategies for people who are already, you know, weekend warriors. My hot shots will call me up and say, Angelo, here's what I want. I want to bench press 300 pounds. I want a sub six minute mile (laughs) and I want to get down to 10% body fat. Can I do that? Absolutely, you can. So I can help you get there. What you have to do is decide which one of those goals do you want to achieve first. Mm -hmm. So the mistake that people make when it comes to their training is being too much of a generalist when that is no longer producing results. Now, again, I'm, I'm already not talking about someone who needs to ask directions to the gym. This is for somebody who, you know, is already there, maybe has a nickname, right? They're in it. Right. <laughs> but they're at the point where they've been doing their routine with the same results for some time. Now we need to move from a generalist to a specialist. Mm. So this is the same process for my executive weekend warriors as my pro athletes. So my pro athletes will come to me and they all have strength conditioning coaches that are excellent They'll ask me, Angela, what can I do to take it to the next level? And the first thing I'll do is break down your training schedule for me. Okay, well, here I am spending 16 hours a week in training. You know, these are pro athletes. Mm -hmm. And everything they're listing off to me, that's great, that's great, love it, love it. But here's the problem. You stated to me that you had these two goals. Of these 16 hours, I see maybe three hours Mm -hmm. that directly correlate Mm -hmm. to your stated goal. So be more efficient with... More efficient with your time. 
people ask me what kind of coaching you do, I, they don't know I'm in nutrition and fitness. I tell them I'm a time management specialist. So true. So true. <laughs> so true. So there are six categories of exercise, and I'll do just a really quick synopsis. Sure. So ranging from aerobic to anaerobic. And so now the nerdy stuff, get into different energetic pathways, whether it's going to trigger muscle hypertrophy, whether or not it's going to be activities that are going to stimulate type 2 muscle fiber growth. Some of the fitness nerds out there are going to be all over this. What you have is you have- I didn't know I had those. You have all of it. You have all of it. What you have is endurance training as a broad category. Then still in that aerobic bucket, you have interval training. Then you have- cardio circuit training. Now, there's lots of different names and lots of different combinations of those, but those are the basic three modalities in the aerobic side of the line. Then once you cross over to the more the muscular, the the hypertrophic activities, you have circuit training, and then you have things like cross training, and then you have your pure strength training. So that's six. So you can really master an understanding, and these are some of the things that that it are our primary concern when we start working with someone, we need to educate them about what the differences in these six modalities are to help them understand where they're at. Here's what your goal is. Here's your body type. Body type is really another way of expressing your natural genetic predisposition. Mm-hmm. And now here's how many hours a week you're spending in exercise. So what I want is you to spend your time doing this modality and this modality. And we're going to really specialize it until we check one of those boxes. So what about the average Joe's listening to this and you say, you got to pick one of those because I could see how people are working on multiple different things and being inefficient. Pick two. Pick two. So, pick two. But if you give me the hierarchy, right? So, I want to lose a few pounds. I want to lose 10 pounds and I've got my snacks. I'm, I'm getting a bit more water. I have an idea what I'm going to eat. What is the one that you're going to tell me to focus on first and how much time do I need to do it? Great question. So our MetPro coaches will give their clients a primary objective, training objective, and a secondary training objective in almost all cases. Now, for the elitists, we'll have a tertiary, but it's almost a primary and a secondary. So if you are an ectomorphic body type that wants to strip body fat, you're going to do interval training and either cardio circuits or circuit training as your secondary. So ecto is the small framed person. The more petite frame, and by the way, that's not a dirty word, I fall into that category, but a smaller framed individual. If you're mesomorphic, then what you're gonna do is you're gonna dial it one notch towards the aerobic until you have either achieved your weight goal or you've lost between six to eight percent of your body fat and then move it back to the middle. So then I would combine Pure endurance work, which is not hypertrophic, so we're getting a little a little nerdy here, right? But that means developing muscle. So endurance work plus maybe interval training. Go all in on that for just a few pounds and then add back in your resistance training. And then if you're an endomorphic body type, so those are the survivors of the world. Those are the mm-hmm. stocky frames. Mm-hmm. They are bigger people, even lean. They are still bigger people. Mm-hmm. And for you endomorphic body types out there, yeah. it's important to understand that it is okay and normal that you're going to be a little heavier. doesn't mean you can't be an athletic, fit, healthy, lean yeah. version of your genetic predisposition. Mm-hmm. What it does mean is even ongoing, even after you reach your weight goal, you are going to probably want to prioritize the aerobic aspects. Mm-hmm. So interval training and endurance training as part 
And then as you become more athletic, you're more consistent, that's where we want to really get the benefits out of the muscular development. That's where the circuit training, the cross training, and even the strength training for you ectomorphs out there really is transformative. So that's next level, right? So we started at the basic. I know. I I dove in a little too much. No, that's okay. That's all good. But it's like it's the next level stuff. But the curiosity of knowing what your body type is. You can start with just that. That's right. Knowing who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, look. We've got more and more we could wrap on and we could do four more of these shows and you've done a fantastic job. We have a little tradition and then I want to send people on the way. So thank you for doing this. Thanks oh, for helping me. Pleasure. Uh, thanks for all you guys do as a company. You're fantastic and really committed to helping people and, uh, and, and we're proud to put our name to you and I uh, said uh, it's changed my, it has changed my life. So thank you. So, Hey, are you up for five quick questions? We oh do this boy. as a tradition. Okay. And it's this is our rapid fire question. So let me ask you this. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Oh. Do unto others as as you would want done to yourself. Mm-hmm. Love your neighbor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. I feel that is just so critical in our lives. Well, you do that every day. What talent or gift do you wish you possessed that you currently don't? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I've always been musically inclined, but I wanted to be an artist. All right. I had all the books, Dermot. I would trace the drawings. I cannot draw a stick figure no to problem. save my life. Well, David Lally here is here, who's the producer of the podcast. Whether it's singing, <laughs> dancing, art, um, you know, balloon puppets, I don't know. He can do it all. So you need to see him afterwards. He'll bring out your inner <laughs> I love artist. love it. Um, what book has been most instrumental in your life? Oh, okay. Brutal. Let me do this. I'm going to tell you a book I'm reading right now. I'm reading a book called Extraordinary Mm. by Michael Daphne. I had the privilege of listening to him speak, and he's a coach as well. And what he writes about and what he teaches about is identifying your strengths and then giving you the vocabulary to communicate and utilize them. Hmm. I cannot recommend highly enough his, okay. his work. We'll it's take been it. fabulous. I'll have to look that one up. So let me just, what's your favorite song? What's the one you put on when you're driving to Chico and you're oh. driving to work and you're just rocking out and you're doing 85 miles an hour and you have to dial it back? What's the song? That's too hard to pick one. I'd have to give you genres. Give me a I, genre. So my, my wife and I were just listening to some Queen just All recently. Right. Did you see uh, the movie? Great. I haven't seen the movie, Fantastic. but I Go just see the I movie. love there. But I'm a sentimental sap. Anytime Dean Martin, you remember the big pizza pie song? Yeah. The, that's the Italian part that's, of you. I, I think of my dad in the kitchen. There you go. You know, wearing his apron, making the sauce. That's all right. That's, that's a good combination and an interesting place <laughs> to end the interview on making pizza. Let me just say, you know what? Thanks so much for being here. Oh, my uh, pleasure. Really appreciate you. And uh, hopefully we get to do more of this. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what I can get out of this body of mine and stay in the right place. So thank you so much. Thanks so much, Dermot. Hey, folks, if you want to find out more about MetPro, just go and check them out, metpro.co. And that's metpro.co. And they have some great ideas, some tips, some recipes, and great information that will kind of keep you on the journey. So go check them out there. Angel, thanks again. Thank you, Dermot. Thanks for joining us on the show today. I hope you found it of great benefit. Lots of information, lots of notes, but I'm just encourage you to get going. Now, I want to leave our show today the way we always do, with a little Irish blessing from my mother, Therese. May the road rise up to meet you, and may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields, and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. <laughs>